This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hey Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Welcome back to another episode of Swans Cast Weekly, everyone. I'm joined once again by Lee. Hello. Welcome. We're well travelled this week. We, uh, oh, yeah. We went up to the Reading game, so um, very enjoyable day. Very, um, what's the word? Eventful, uh, very emotional, <laughs> different ways. But um, yeah, so we'll talk about that. I guess it will be a, a bit, be a good one to talk about the experience. I think we picked a good away date to sort of uh, get back on the road um, on a bank holiday weekend, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll go from there. So first of all, Lee, just just. Before we get into the podcast, yeah, I was going to say if you can just move your mic a little bit away from your mouth, just because it no, sounds like Darth Vader a little bit. Might get too excited. Yeah, I thought um, I know my name is Luke, like, but I'm not Luke Skywalker, so <laughs> I don't want any "I'm your father" coming out because it sounds like it might be the next thing. But um, <laughs> so how's your week been anyway? Obviously, well, we're halfway through the week as of recording. Back all of the week. Yeah, not bad. It was uh, really hard getting back into work with the long weekend. And I, booked, I booked Thursday off work as well, so I had five days off. It was horrendous going back into work on Tuesday, especially because we went to Reading on Monday, so the first day back was horrific. But uh, no, Easter was all right. It was tidy. Went back uh, back to Swansea for a bit. How many eggs did you have? Oh, I tell you what I had. I didn't see before. I love Terry's chocolate orange, and I had a Terry's chocolate orange Easter egg, but it came with like chocolate orange mini eggs. And it may be the best thing I've ever had. I don't know the chocolate orange mini eggs. No, I've got a white Terry's chocolate orange Easter egg downstairs. That's oh, that's new. I know they've done the white chocolate oranges the last two Christmases. So we got a couple of them. You, did you not have the eggs with it? Not come with the white chocolate one? Maybe. Maybe they're in well, there. Gen- I opened Gen- best, probably the best thing I've ever had. I'll have to give them Big a call. Good... It was class. Terry's chocolate eggs now instead. Oh, brilliant. Um... What's the what is the best ever Easter egg then? Do you ever eat the Easter egg though? 
I, I always just the, eat the... I eat the few, and then what used to happen when I lived at home, you know, when I was a kid, like, you'd eat the first couple when it's new, and they were there in the morning of Easter, come down, and all your nan, and everyone's bringing you an egg, and you, you stack them up in your room, and you eat one or two, and then... Yeah, I... You have a film night over the rest of after term, a couple of days, like you watch a film with the family. So you might nibble on some of them, and then you go back to school, and half your eggs are still there untouched. And yeah. uh, next it's next true. day, you come home and they're ice crispy cakes. <laughs> I, ne- I never have. Um, <laughs> <coughs> no, I never have. I never eat the actual big egg thing. I don't What's know. I, know I don't know. You just eat all the stuff that comes with it. Like they usually come with like chocolate bars and like eggs and stuff. I might eat a little bit of it, but I never just never eat the big egg. No, I devour it. Not big fan. It's gone. Like <laughs> dangerous game. I don't get eggs anymore. I just get like. I was gonna say you may as well just get the packs of sweet like mini no, eggs. No, that's 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 what I get now. I just get a massive like industrial size pack of mini eggs and I smash them because I ne- those big eggs that come with them. I never just never eat them. They're always there. So I just get loads and loads of mini eggs. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, before we get into the football talk, then we did uh, we have been getting a couple of subscribers the last few videos. So I want to just um, reiterate the point. Obviously, if you enjoy watching what we do here, please hit that subscribe button. Only way that we can grow and sort of improve as a channel is uh, to keep growing with the subscribers. So if you do come regular, if you do enjoy what we're doing, please hit that subscribe button. It means a lot more than you think it does, really, and helps us a lot. So we appreciate appreciate everyone that has done so far. And for your continuous support, and uh, please, if you can do, uh, join join the club if you like, and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date with everything we're doing. Um, but yeah, so with that out of the way, let's let's get on on with it. So uh, as I touched on already, we did actually visit the Reading game, uh, Reading against Swansea. I say we visit the Reading game. We visited the select car leasing stadium. I, I hate, think that's I right, is it? Is that what's called? Sponsored stadiums, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the ski forever. <laughs> what's better, sponsored or being called after the owner? Oh, it's still after the owner. I'd rather. What, that, what would that was be? The Hugh Jenkins Stadium or the Kaplan, Kaplan. and Levin Stadium? The Kaplan sounds good. The Kaplan. Yeah. Sounds until right. you realise what it means, and then all of a sudden everyone burns it down. I'm joking. <laughs> Sounds better than uh, the Swansea.com, anyway. Yeah. So, um, a dramatic away day to pick. I just thought maybe we could recount a little bit of our experience and talk about the match, perhaps. Yeah. So, um, the last away day we did, at least together, was um, Brighton away in the Cup. Just the two of us did that one. Quite a long, long journey. I think it was an even longer journey home. Yeah. This one. Not so bad, quite quite quick and easy actually. Up the M4, that we left at eight o'clock, and we got there by eleven with a stop. Yeah, Reading's class trip. Always love back going to Reading. Traffic. Yeah, it's the Reading's lovely trip to do because it's literally just right down the M4, and the ground is just off the motorway, isn't it? Yeah, so, so easy. I got a question though. Anyone else that did visit Reading on Monday? Where did you go before the game, and how did you get there? Did you go on the train to take the bus? Like, what did you do before the match? Because we went to Bracknell, which is only like twenty minutes up the road. Basically, uh, we stopped there for lunch, found a weather spoons, had a couple of cheap drinks as you do, and I went to some uh, what was it called, Blues um, Smokehouse or something? Yeah, There's some cracking grub in there. Yeah, some barbecue smokehouse style uh, food. I had a lovely uh, brisket with the. Uh, 
the chips and some it wasn't onion rings it was kind of like onion ring concoction they weren't in rings it was just like the onions in a pile of onion and batter it was nice <laughs> but uh you had a burger did you i think yeah it was class Smashed standard it. burger but yeah, decent. So then we made our way over to Reading, uh, got the park and ride. So apparently there's no pubs near the stadium, not that we were aware of. So that's why I ask a question, really, for future reference. What did everyone do beforehand? And uh, yeah, the atmosphere was quite rowdy, quite uh, quite good. Yeah, it was always going to attract a big crowd, Reading. Usually get a big crowd to Reading anyway because of the trip, but Bank Holiday Monday as well, I think. Uh... Sold out, didn't it, twice? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is something I wanted to talk about, actually. So... While we're on, like, selling out. So many empty seats in the Reading end. Yeah, well, I got a picture of an I was out of share. Yeah. like. So this was obviously before kickoff. So it's not a true reflection, maybe. But it didn't get that much better. But I, you look to the left of where we were sitting. So the left of this picture. Have, let me have a look if I got any more. Well, that's Russell Martin just before kickoff. So you can yeah. see how many empty seats were opposite us. Yeah, and on the left of that, you could have extended the away end. I think I I don't know I don't know the rule. Like obviously with <laughs> the way they please. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there. Throw you off track there. The dupe yeah. t-shirt. The dupe t-shirt. Well, going back to Russell Martin coming up for kickoff as well. The last time he did that was the Cardiff game. So I thought it was going to be one of them. Um, we started like that anyway. Well, but it's um, good to no, see I, goals. Yeah. So every time he does that, we're guaranteed four goals. Um, no, I was going to say, I don't know the rules about, like, um, obviously policing it and safety and everything. Yeah. But don't you think, like, with a stadium like that, what is that whole 30,000? And they must have had Isn't it not even half for that. You've got to give 10% or at least allocate I know, but couldn't there, be, couldn't there just be, like, a rule for a game like that? Because we could have taken 5,000 up there. Easy, like, I reckon. Like, if they, know, if they know they're not going to sell the tickets, can they not just give us more? Yeah, that's what I mean. Could, I guess the problem like, is when you sell the season tickets, like from day one. Yeah, where the seats like the guys are, yeah. you you know right on the left there that you can see they might be season tickets, and then the same the yeah, other side. Yeah. So you can't really ask them to move to then give more away tickets. So. I know. Yeah, no, I I get that. I just think I just think it's such a shame because they only gave us like what was it two thousand two hundred in the end, which were easily sold, and I think we could have easily got I say five thousand, but maybe maybe not. But yeah. you know, at least three and a half we could have but sold. Does the home team want that advantage? Like all them fans there? Well, no, they doing... don't want. They don't. Obviously, they won't want that. But if they're not selling out like that, that amount, like the, the, the space was ridiculous. Like yeah, and I just I just couldn't get over it. It was so it was so empty, and I just think there were so many people that would have liked to have gone that wanted tickets that couldn't get them. I just think maybe something could have could have been done there. If you yeah, but if you watch like Scottish football as well, sometimes you watch like Rangers and Celtic away, and they've got like three stands yeah. in an away game, and just the home fans are in one. I know, like obviously nobody's going to want to do that and give up that much advantage. Um, it would be. Crowd, I just think it's such, do I think it's it. such a shame if you could have more fans in the stadium than looking at empty seats. Why would you not do it? Maybe there should be a rule that they have a bit of territory in every stadium that's above the 10%. That's like you don't sell season tickets in this stand because it's like if you don't sell out, it's available. And you fill this last. So yeah. it can go either way then. Yeah. That would be yeah, maybe a good way to do it because they can like, you know, if the home fans need more tickets, then they go into that stand and they don't allocate it to away. But if by like, I don't know, three days before kickoff, there's no, not it's not sold out home. 
then they can open it up to away away fans and even sell like up to like the day before or something. I don't know. Yeah, just as an option. I know, like, I like get think, a rule in the league in it to say like, well, it's bringing money into football rather than protecting the home stadium and the home advantage. It's like you have yeah. the opportunity to sell them first, and if you well, don't yeah, exactly, do it you have the opportunity. Day, to... Then that stand goes to the away fans. Yeah, so like that whole stand behind the goals there, they could keep that as a thing because even if. And if they haven't sold out the other three stands by, like you said, like three days before kickoff, they're not going to sell the rest of that stand behind the goals. Yeah. So just give it up. Just give it up. The way fans, you have the opportunity to sell them. I just think it was a shame because it was obviously the game we had as well was like brilliant for the neutral. Yeah. Um. So to have like, you know, three and a half, four thousand fans there would have been brilliant. But there's obviously reasons for it. But they, they lift it in the FA Cup because if you go watch like when Man United play a home in the Cup, you get like nine, ten thousand away fans um, in that side, isn't it? And on the top tier. So they lift it for that. They get extra for the FA Cup. And then, yeah, I just I think they should do it for the league. Get more get more people in the stadium. Fed up of seeing like empty grounds like that. Empty ridiculous. grounds when you don't have to. But their stadium, definitely too big. I know they're having difficulties at the moment and they're not doing too well as well. I think there's issues with the owners in Reading, and that's yeah. that's why they've had deduction because there's stuff going on in the background. Yeah, I yeah. guess there's a lot of people not going out of protest. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. No, they that's fair, and they have they have been struggling. And I look, I know I'm not like sort of singling out Reading either. Like we don't always sell out our stadium. Um, but it's just a thought, just get because even when like we have games down uh, down our stadium, I think the more we fans are in there, it just generates better atmosphere anyway. Speaking of the atmosphere, I thought the atmosphere was incredible for the entire game. You, you know, we, we were behind, we went behind first, the atmosphere was good, and we got a goal straight away, obviously, when you're drawn, and then we went to win in quite soon after. Really good atmosphere all the way through. Um, the What I found funny, though, well, actually, yeah, at the end, then, when they equalised right at the end, and we'll talk about the game in a minute, um, the atmosphere still, as much as it was a bit heartbreaking, I still thought it was a good atmosphere. Like it wasn't like everyone shut up and went yeah. on miserable. Uh, you know, it was still like, at the end of the day, yeah, your team didn't win and you should have. But what an exciting match in there. How, how many away games do you go to that into four all? Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. It was still good entertainment. So um but I found funny, because I'm not gonna lie, I hardly heard a peep out of the red in fans until at least four three. They started piping up a little bit, and obviously they cheered the fourth goal. And then Paul Ince comes out in the media and saying, like, oh, the fans, they were there all the way. They really had our back, and we couldn't have done it without them. I think he's getting confused a little bit, like, who he's listening to, to be honest, because they didn't say a peep. I don't know if you heard, I mean, I didn't. No, I think uh, it was quite quiet, wasn't it? But I think that was just the volume of fans again, and, the, you know, the away end was rocking, in all fairness. Yeah, but, I'm uh, just saying, there's no way he's heard the home fans over that, because... They had nothing to sing about, to be fair, but until the end. Um, and to be fair, yeah, at the end, yeah, they celebrated quite well, but they would because it potentially might have saved them. It's definitely relegated another team because Derby got confirmed as going yeah. down. So it is a big point for them. So as much as like, I was a bit like, oh, why are they celebrating like they've just won the league? But obviously there was context behind it. Um, yeah. As much as there was, was a back, massive point coming down. back. Yeah. 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 Um, Though while we're still on atmosphere and the ground, <coughs> one thing I want to maybe point out that I didn't enjoy, and I think for quite a modern stadium, oh, yeah, is a massive issue, 
is the space in the like you know under the seats as you go in that foyer area absolutely terrible like i'm not being funny obviously we can deal with it we you know we're adults go there you can have a drink or whatever i mean it wasn't worth queuing for a drink to be honest you have to queue 20 minutes one, to have a drink. one bar open for two, one bar open. two thousand fans there's empty space there that could have put more bars but i actually no not really because there wasn't enough space for the amount of fans over there it was literally like the fullest cattle pen you'd ever see us trying to get to the gate to get to our seat when we got in there honestly like there was people there with small kids that's the main issue and you know i've recently had had a son he's not nowhere near the age where i would take him to a football match but going to an away day like that i wouldn't even want him not for a long yeah, time i know but like redding's a good trip to do as well so you, like i wasn't expecting that because i've been to redding before a few times and couldn't remember it being like that but we were bordering on dangerous when we got in i think because when we literally came through the turnstile as soon as the turnstile turned around and you got past yeah. the like the little block you was you were stuck instantly yeah, you there was no room whatsoever like you literally couldn't move you had to like force your way through i think even if you had a drink at that point you wouldn't have been able to drink it without spilling it everywhere there was like no you couldn't move your arms you just like no nah, yeah insane. that was and we, we was me, and, me and John, one of the other boys, went down at half time thinking that oh, we'll go down like seven minutes early and get a drink. And we still queued. We got our drink five minutes before the game kicked back off for the second half. And then after basically down it to like to go back up. It wasn't so bad at half time because they opened up outside and they put a yeah. food van outside as well. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think people realized because they're obviously still queuing inside for food. But I think maybe that's a good idea to solve that problem, you know, when it's dry and during a match, but obviously before kickoff, when you've got the gates up because people are coming in, there is a problem there. So I'm surprised that, you know, after what events have happened in the past with things like Hillsborough, that stuff like that still kind of happens, really. I thought there'd yeah. be more health and safety involved around that. But like I said, it's not so much of a problem for us. It's been convenient for us, really. But I did feel a bit sorry for, you know, there was a couple of people that maybe had disabilities there and there was young kids there, you know, parents taking their kids to an away day. That is, like you said, quite local. Um, for me, looking at that, there's no chance in hell I would be doing that until, I don't know, 13, 14. I think where... they got it wrong. I just think they got it wrong, to be fair. Like I like I said, I've been before and I've never seen an so issue. So they have more think... area then for to open up? I remember, you know, like where we are in that picture now, we're kind of on the left-hand side. Yeah, yeah. I remember the last time I went, we were on the right. Um, this is going back a few years, but I can't remember it ever being that. I think they just opened that one small area for all the fans, and I just think it was just carnage. Yeah, so whatever cost-cutting or corner-cutting was, was used there, like that needs to be looked at, I think, really. Uh, maybe they, I mean, they would have known how many tickets were sold, so is there really an excuse? I don't think so. Again, going back to how many home fans they were as well. Like, to have 2,000 fans cramped in one small area. That's probably what it is, though. They've based the staffing for these back-of-house areas on the home fan allocation, like what they normally sell for a home game, yeah? Whereas we filled our away allocation. Like, our stand was full, whereas all the other stands are not full. So they probably don't have that issue anywhere else. And that's probably what they've done. And they've cut the corner and 
it's borderline unsafe then for the away fans, like especially like yeah. I said, the young kids. And you just wouldn't yeah. go down at half time, obviously. You keep them safe up in the stands, but uh, it shouldn't be the case that that has to happen. Like you shouldn't be. Well, I can't go down because you know they they probably couldn't even go and get a drink. And it's a sunny day. It wasn't warmest, but it could have been. You know, could have been in the summer, and they needed to go and get some a drink, and they wouldn't have been able to basically. No. Yeah. No, it's only anyway. one small bar open for the whole. Of it. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was bad. Well, I, mean, I think it's the worst. Out. That's the worst I've been. As the worst I've seen, I think. It's the worst away. It's the worst normally, I've seen in any away day. Normally, well. the con. Yeah. Normally, like the concourse is like that downstairs, and in an away day, everyone always packs down there anyway before the game yeah. and gets a drink, and everyone's singing, and it's a good atmosphere. But that was that was uncomfortable. But there's usually a place like, you can get to your seat, and you can walk through. Like yeah, but usually there's quite a lot of space. There's quite a lot of space, so everybody congregates yeah. and does like sing and stuff. But usually, you can get out of it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. But it was literally the entire area, and that was what the problem was. Yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about any more of the bad stuff. Let's look at the yeah. game. So, I've got down in my notes most dramatic game of the season. I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah, yeah. I've made the reference to being a roller coaster year quite a few times this season. <laughs> kind of a bit of a roller coaster match. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I did put a couple of talking points, but come up, some of them kind of overlap. So, penalties is one. Have you seen the highlights back? I have. I have watched it back. So we talked last week or the week before. I didn't want to, but I did and refereeing decisions. Yeah. Um, we conceded a penalty, what, five minutes into the game? Less than that, perhaps. Three minutes in. I thought at the time it was soft. Having watched it back, how do you feel about that decision? Yeah, I agree with you. I felt when I saw it at the time, I thought it was really soft. Didn't see it. The ref doesn't give it. The linesman gives it. Um, I thought it was soft, but when I have watched it back and seen the replay, I think it was pen. It was. It was still a bit soft, but I think we would have wanted that pen. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I looked at the replay. and I didn't think there was that much contact there at all. Really. It is soft. It is soft, but. It, I think it was a pen, but what's hard for us to take at the time was obviously we hadn't had a penalty. And you think like uh, like all the decisions that we've been that we've not have not gone our way, and then they get that one that soft. Um, but what does he what does he do? Because it doesn't. It just. I think he goes for a swipe of the ball, but like, does he actually hit him? I didn't think he. Yeah, take... I think what 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 it looked like on the replay was that. I can't remember who the player was, but the player comes across and sort of like nudges Perot a little bit. And because he nudges Perot and gets his body in between Perot and the ball, Perot then just sticks out a leg as a reaction to try and kick the ball away, but doesn't get it. And I think the player just sort of like rides that contact then. He just gives him that little shoulder to get in between. And then Perot's reaction is then to stick his leg out. Yeah. And he just rides that contact then. But I think it's, um, it was soft, but I, I would want that pen all day if it was us. Yeah, but we want any pen. But um, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, that was it, it. Was Fisher didn't get that close to this one? He's got close to a couple lately, but this one was um, yeah, it went in, and it was against the run of play, even three minutes in, which is a big thing to say three minutes into a match. But you just got the impression we were up for it, and we were. That was literally the first time they came forward, I think, and they had a free kick. Yeah, um, free kick firstly got defended, and then. On the rebound, this guy comes running in, and that's when uh, that's when it happened. So I think some people are questioning why is Perot even there in the first place. 
but it's because they, he was down there defending from the original free kick, so he was just tracking yep. the runner into the box. Um, yep. Good thing, though, it didn't take us long to make up for it, and Hans Wolf, in probably one of his, one of the goals of the season, I would say, it was a couple in this match that could be on that list. Um, oh, we are watching their finishing, obviously, before kickoff, because <laughs> they were literally practicing their shooting right in front of us, and some of it didn't look great. Hans Wolf's were a bit I think he got them on target quite often, but they were quite naff, like not really much there. And uh, obviously saved his best for the game because I think Finn Downs made a burst from the halfway line up to the edge of the box, plays a long ball over to Wolf on the left-hand side of the box, corner basically on the outside. And he just takes a step to the inside and with his right foot just finesses it, literally top bins into the top right of the goal. He couldn't have got any more top bins than that. Uh, than how he got it. And obviously we were looking at it from the angle we were looking at and it was such a good um, view. Yeah, it was the a screamer. Scenes in the in crowd. You were, sorry? In all fairness, that was a screamer. That it was, was a screamer. Show them nothing. The if you haven't seen the highlights, show, then yeah. go watch it. Show, show them nothing. Look rubbish yeah. in the warm-up and then just first yeah. chance you get in the game. Top corner. Seemed that way, definitely. So it's the second goal of the season for us. Um, starting to contribute a bit more where it matters now getting a little yeah, bit more into on, the team on wolf as well like i thought he'd been sort of in and out of games i thought up till the cardiff game where i thought he proper shone through then i thought he looked really good and then he was brilliant against um i think he had a bit of a quieter game against millwall in that week then where he pushed further forward and i think he was a bit quieter but then he was excellent against derby um I thought that was probably his best performance of the season. Then he hit the bar and deserved a goal in that game as well. And then that's great. And then he has like not not a great game against Barnsley, but not a terrible game. And I just saw he got absolutely slated then. So and it's the, just the, the team didn't play that great against Barnsley. No, they, no, so. they didn't. No, they didn't. But it's just like it's a common theme, and we'll come on to it later about other players as well. It's just like someone plays, team. someone plays well. Someone plays well. Oh my God, the class. Sign them. Get a contract. Someone has a bad game. Then sack them. Get rid of them. Get out of my shirt. I don't want to see you in the club again. It's really put yeah. my head in. You can't play amazing every game, and that's just it's just the way it is in football. Always is. Always has been. Always will be. Even the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi, they have games where they don't score, and all of a sudden they're not good enough. But you know, are they actually not good enough? I'm probably naive in thinking that it's. Just us, because there's probably other. It's probably the same in every other club that are so fickle, but I just think it's just particularly bad at the moment with us about everything. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's just social media, though, and like everyone's so, got to do these days, and you see a lot more of it. This is why I was like years. I didn't. I just went off Twitter because you see so much shit, and then um, can't avoid it now. I've come back, and then it's just. It's awful. Some of the stuff you read, it's just like, I, yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah. Well, well done, Hans Wolf. Um, I know yeah. the club have been talking about exploring options if there is potential to keep him next season, but we'll talk a little bit more about um, potential summer transfer strategy later. I've got a bit to say on that. So at the end, um, next goal didn't take us. So that was in the sixth minute. So it took three minutes for us to get back on level terms. And I kind of felt a bit like, justice because we thought it was a soft penalty if you watched it back and thought it was that's fine but obviously the players maybe it was a good thing because maybe it kicked them up a bum would we have gone like a hide so soon otherwise maybe would have maybe not i don't know we'll never know 
Joe Perot, though, perhaps wanted to make up for giving away the penalty. Six minutes later, doubles our advantage, well, I say advantage, he puts us ahead with, um, I don't know if he was trying to out-compete Wolf for goal of the day, but he tries to in basically the same thing from the other side into the other corner, or at least the other side of the goal. Another really good finish. Um, I can't remember who it is gets gets into the box. It might be Christie or one of the... It is Christie, uh, yeah. It is Christie. And he, yeah. like, lays the ball back to Perot's coming from deep. Well, apparently, Patterson got the assist for Perot, according to Sophie School. Yeah, I think um, Christie sort of bursts into the box, and he, and he has, like, a bit of a twist and a turn with the fullback, and then lays it off to Patterson, then who yeah. lays it off to okay. Perot. So Patterson's on a run, but he was over there supporting, but he gives it to Patterson, and Patterson plays it back to Perot, who's coming in late, I think, because he, he does something earlier on to, to push the play up. And he's got a bit of space, so he just kind of, like, the way he hits the ball, though, is very, it's like so impressive. Like, he picks his foot, he's like picking his foot up as he's finessing it. Like, he knew what he was doing. It was a very good place to finish um, when he's got a bit of time. And to be fair, I talked about them warming up doing their shooting practice. He was the one that basically put it in like every time without fail. And, um, he's a ridiculous finisher. He's an absolute ridiculous finisher. He needs to stop scoring now and just like not play for the rest of the season. Yeah, but... well, he got, got the go on. I think he's going still. <laughs> he won't be here next year, guaranteed. Well, 22 goals now this season. Just trying to enjoy it as it happens. Finish. And also, back to penalties. Um, I think it was just over a year to the day that we had our last penalty where Jamal Lowe scored. <laughs> yeah. We actually got a penalty. Premier League referee Kevin Friend gave us a penalty. Um, what does that tell I think you? It was, I think it was a pen as well. Like, Obafemi just in the box and just gets one of the defenders just goes clean through him from behind, just swipes his legs away. Yeah, it was definitely a pen. So maybe the you know maybe it was to the point where okay, boys, like you have to make it so obvious that I can't turn it down, didn't you? <laughs> but I don't know if we've had I don't know if we've had a Premier League ref, ref season. this season. So I don't know. Maybe that was. I the don't know either. But we did on this game and we got a penalty, so maybe it's a sign. I will say, though, I don't actually think he refed the game that well, but we did get a pen. No, he, he definitely didn't. And not even from like us moaning about the way he refed us. I think Flint Downs probably should have got like three yellow cards. But He was, he was begging to get booked, wasn't he? Well, I was begging for him to get booked as well. Yeah. yeah. Just for the bet. No other purpose, um, which did come in in the first half. Um, very good bet builder, may I, may I add. But... Um, yeah, yeah, he I don't know how he didn't get booked before he got booked. Like he, he literally flew into someone, didn't get booked. A minute later, he flew into them <laughs> someone again, didn't get booked. And then when I was in that 20 minute queue for the pint, he did something and got booked. I'm sure you saw it. Yeah, I saw, yeah. He just he flew into someone again. And I just think it was as if it was like, Oh yeah, you still haven't booked me, I'm gonna do it again. Well, like yeah, but that's what happens. That's, we've seen it so many times with us against us where teams are just hacking us down and you're just begging for the ref to book them because otherwise they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, but a streetwise from Flynn Downs, yeah, oh, screw it, just keep doing it. Wise, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think he got subbed because of fitness, but I guess he would have anyway because of the yellow card um, yeah. later in the game. The penalty, though, we didn't really know who was going to take it because we haven't had one under Russell Martin, so it was um, a yeah. bit of a guessing game. I guess Joel Perot was always a safe bet. It looked like Obafemi was having a bit of an argument with him, though. 
Yeah, if you watch the highlights, you can see it. He was like, "Oh, let me take it. I'll take it. I want it. I'll take it." But obviously, they, they I didn't think manage uh, to... they must they must have it in place. Though I know we haven't had a penalty for ages, but they must have it in place that like Perot is the penalty taker. Well, he is Obafemi. I think like Grimes comes over to Obafemi as well as like like no like leave it. Yeah, it's been already been agreed. Yeah, but and he puts it in the. It was a good penalty. He puts it in the corner. The keeper did go very close to it though. Yeah. I I honestly thought we were going to score the pen. Or I was just thought 100% it's going to get saved. We finally got one. And it's going to get saved. And I saw him go the right way. And I thought, oh, I can't, yeah. yeah. No, so it's we, good were pen, it. we were watching it on the TVs in the bar. So obviously there's that slight delay. So we used the cheer before it hit the back of the net. So we knew it was gone in by the time we actually saw it. Only a split second. But yeah, it was like, oh, I was saying to John, I was like, oh, you know, we'll know if it's missed because it'll be like you just won't do anything. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so. Penalty on the stroke of half time, we go in a three one up. Um, very, very good first half performance. Probably could have been perhaps more. Maybe. I think even Paulin said himself they were lucky they didn't go like five six. Um yep. and we did get a fourth after half time. Which in terms of good goals, the other two were perhaps good individual goals. The the fourth one was a very good oh, team goal. I, I think the fourth one was goal of the day. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, they, I was they did some counter attack and worked on the right hand side, and uh, Christie plays it in. I think maybe to Oberfemi. He plays, he plays into Oberfemi, but Oberfemi, yeah, to Perot, to Perot runs yeah. into the space after the dummy because the defenders like what's gone doesn't know what's happening basically, and he's yeah Perot plays him in good good accuracy to get him in there, but he's one on one with the keeper. Now he does he scores a very good goal. <laughs> It looked like he hit it very close to the keeper. Luckily, the keeper just stood there and just looked at it. But uh, I thought he might have put him in one of the corners, but you can't moan. He went in. He did yeah. also go quite high for the for how close he was to the goal. When I was watching yeah. it back, I was like, did you need to risk going up? Because it was near the crossbar by the time it goes in the back of the net. He's a show one like, in the top corner. Uh-huh. The other two would put him in the top corner, so he had to yeah. uh, try He's and join in. middle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, well, a yeah, cracking good, goal. good bit of play, very good team goal. Um, 4 1. So, you think we're cruising at this point? All the away fans loving life, um, having a good day out, yeah. But then, yeah, it changed. <laughs> so, what do you reckon then? What, what's um, what went wrong? Because the game, as everyone probably is aware, ended 4 all. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, I um, like like we said loads of times. This is why we don't do videos after the game because I was not happy after the game, as you know. <clears throat> I had yeah, no, I realised. I think I took care of the best out of everyone out of our group. To be fair, yeah, I think I think I've calmed down a little bit, but not like a lot. So I think you're probably going to disagree with a lot of stuff that I think about the game. But <clears throat> I just I think... don't know. I do. I am annoyed about it, but I'm, I try to like. But the way that I just work, um, maybe it's because I know of background with like jobs and stuff. But I, I know it's a negative, but I always like you've got to use that to get better. That's just how I see it. Yeah, I know. I yeah, yeah. You know, you, it's a good attitude to have to be fair. Because I'm quite the other way, like quite negative. Because my I'm still gutted now because we played so well. <clears throat> I'm still not quite over it that we played that well. We were dominating the game like I've never seen. All season, except maybe the Cardiff game where we were 4 0 up. 
and to throw it away from there something has gone tragically wrong i think no matter what you know no matter what's happened no matter what and any other team throws at you to throw that lead away and what what time did the fourth goal go in like 65 maybe something like that 60 minutes it may as well have been the last kick of the game it was no i mean like three no i mean our our Uh, um, our fourth goal our fourth Um, goal um it's 58 or 60 minutes they've thrown that away in like half an hour that is tragic. I think where it went wrong for me is their red in second goal. If they don't score that second goal so quick, I think the game fizzles out. Yeah. Um, Tom Tomin scores, and it was quite a poor goal. It was like a chipped yeah. ball over the from the left hand side over the back of the defence to the back post, and he just sneaks in from behind. There's a new. It's, it's, it's either Latabodia or Wolf that just doesn't track it properly and is not enough communication between the two of them to who should be picking up that man. I don't know whose fault it is because the angry see on the replay can't see necessarily what happens before. And I think you need to see what happens before, like the ball is played, who's running with who. Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying because it's just like it's just one lump ball into the box and he's got on yeah. the end of it. And if it someone has to better. take command there, I think like either one of the defenders or the goalkeeper or some, someone has to take command of that. It's just one lump into yeah. the box that they've got to deal with. And they no, I agree. He's got... I completely agree. Um, but I'm wondering as well if teams look at where we're weak and I would suggest that's where they're going. If they're looking, yeah. since Latte's been in the team, he's playing on the left, yeah? Because you've got Hans Wolf, who's not really a wing-back, who's, who's with a forward play in there and he's doing a good job. He's not the biggest guy and he's not the tallest guy. Yeah, he's not like bulky and he's not tall. Yeah. And then Latabodia for a centre-back is quite small, quite short. So if you're going to have that sort of like style of like get it in there and win a header, that's the best place to be playing it. You're on mute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I was just saying you only said yeah anyway. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, so I think maybe that's, you know, it's a good spot by Red in, but we should be dealing with it better. And... Um, yeah. But it's something to think about for maybe Russell Martin. Because obviously you've got Cabango on the other side, Norton in the middle. The problem is, I guess, if you don't have another centre-back that can do the same job, because it would have been Manning otherwise, realistically. Finley Burns is there, isn't he? And you think, well, why have we not integrated him? Because he would be fixing that problem I've just highlighted. But I don't know what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that was frustrating to me. And I didn't realise, but that goal was like three minutes after our fourth. So, yeah. so fast. All of a sudden, it's like the momentum shifts. There's a glimmer of hope because it's back to two goals. And as much as I said, like, you should still see it out from that point, um, I just think that was the turning point. And that's where we lost the control, perhaps, that we had, um, which isn't an excuse. It's just that's what I think it went wrong. Obviously, then Downs goes off for Felton, and I look. Felton had he made a mistake in the last goal, but I saw so many people going in on him on Twitter, saying like that substitution is the reason why we didn't win the game, and I couldn't agree. Um, sorry, I couldn't disagree more with that statement. No, there's. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. No, there's. I'll probably come on to it later. There's. There's. I'll sort of sum it all up later, but I, that's not the reason, that's not the sole reason why we lost the game. Um, but uh, I think, Finn, like, Flynn Downs played so well. Um, 
and he did so much. I think it was noticeable when he went off. And I don't even think Fulton had a bad game when he came on. He does make a mistake at the end. But that's not that's not the reason why we lost the game, no. <clears throat> he also made a goal line clearance, which people fail to acknowledge or yeah. like give credit for. Yeah. So, you know, the the it was for the third goal and they did score just after it. It was in that um pinball sort of mess. Yeah, that was a bit unlucky to be fair. But like, you know, I could have obviously they end up scoring, but he doesn't know they're gonna end up scoring. And he nearly got to it the second time because he runs to the other side of the goal, just it just gets under his feet and he's unlucky. But um they would have scored sooner, basically. We had a chance of clearing it after he made that goal line clearance. So, you know, that could have been in a different situation where the game was won. Like, but yeah. no one highlights that because because he lost the man at the end. And he did lose the man for the last goal. I highlight that and I acknowledge that completely. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I mean, there's no guarantees anyone else marking would have done better. On the last goal, I think he kind of he messes himself up a little bit because I think he tries to read the knockdown. Yeah, because he kind of accepts that, that he kind of yeah he, he he sort of half sort of goes like should I challenge the header, and then halfway through he kind of accepts that he's, he's not, not going to get there. there because it's a bit too far away. So then he backtracks to try and read the knockdown, and then at, because he's like he's running backwards essentially he kind of loses his foot in and he just looks like he just does a it, it looks like and i've seen comments that he doesn't like try to stop it he's like just flail like just chuck the yeah half-assed leg out there but it's not that he loses his foot and if you see he even slips a little bit yeah so i just think he's unlucky he does people make mistakes but... people have got criticism of him for whatever reason but one thing i think you can definitely not say about him is that he doesn't try because if you're going to say people don't put their foot in or try to stop things he's one of our biggest tacklers he's someone that does put his foot in and does get stuck in out of all the midfielders we got so i'm not yeah. i wouldn't have anything about him not trying no and like you said his goal line clearance was brilliant so it doesn't really add up to the doesn't yeah. really tie in you know it. i'm more well and for like point out the fact that ultimately he is the reason why they scored that fourth goal completely accept yeah. that yeah. But he's not the reason that we lost the game. Um, true the game, sorry, and didn't win the game. Yeah, you could say, well, yeah, he is because the fourth goal is the one that drew the game. Yeah, but what about the other ones? The other two? We shouldn't have been in a position where we're defending an equaliser in the 90th minute of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And one of yeah, those exactly, happened yeah. when Flynn Downs was on the pitch. So you can't shower him in gold and say, like, it's all perfect when he's on the pitch because they scored their second one just before he got subbed off. And the yeah. second one, I think, is worse. Because we just scored our fourth, now we just keep the ball and we see it through. Yeah. But you let them back into the game with a second goal. So all of a sudden they've got a bit of hope. There's no hope when they're three goals down. Like the fans were silent, they were literally not in the game. So, yeah. But, yeah. but um, John made a good point as well, because he said, like, you know, for a team that. Yeah, I'm, um, I am listening, I just got to get the sun out of my face. That's <laughs> all right. For I'm a team you. that like keeps the ball, you know, you, you get 70% of the possession. You have a draw game or you lose the game, you have 70% possession, or you win 1 0, you have 70% possession. So, why, when you go 4 1 up, are you not just keeping the ball like 70 80% possession? Because you're capable of doing this, what the game plan's built around. So, why, when you 4 1 up, are you just not, no, at least for no, the this... five, 10 minutes after we scored that fourth goal, you just pass the ball? Don't even try and score the goal, another one. Your three goals up, just keep the ball, frustrate Red in, and all of a sudden, they're going to just give up. And they're just gonna like, oh, it's done. Uh, I think 
this is one of the main things for me that's worrying um because i know like we can say obviously for the first 60 minutes we were absolutely outstanding and yeah. we look at that and we think right we're going to take that into next season but there's also there's also bad elements that i've seen throughout the season like the last half hour for example that i'm worried that will follow us in the next season as well so when we when it goes to 4-2 and it's been a theme throughout the season that when we concede a goal or, or two goals or whatever, we we just we just cannot get our foot back on the ball um, and play. The, I know you said, like, I agree with you. We should have just stuck to our roots, keep the ball like we were. But I think at that point, like you said, a 4-2, Redding are coming stronger and they're pressing with three or four men rather than having... Yeah, but my point one. is before 4-2, like after we score number four, now yeah. just keep the ball. Now, just don't, yeah, like, but... don't don't take risks. Don't go for an attack. You don't need to do it at this point. You don't need to get in it. Like, play a little bit deeper, spread the play, and frustrate them to the point where they're just chasing you for the next five minutes, for the next ten minutes, until they're literally like, oh, do you know what? Like, this is... Like, they'll get frustrated, won't they? They'll yeah. get very frustrated at that point. They fall one down, and they can't touch the ball. And then, no, but I, then, I agree with you. If you've like, taken anything out of like the sting, yeah, you know, because sometimes what's that saying? You're always um, most vulnerable to conceding after you scored. Yeah, and that's happened. That's happened yeah. a lot this time this season as well. But like, we're, we're always gonna we're always gonna concede chances anyway. Like away from home, they're they they were always gonna start pumping yeah, balls yeah. into the box. They were always gonna start pumping into like pumping those balls in like that. We still can't deal with them that well. Uh, but I, yeah, I just, I just think so many times a season you think like Sheffield United away when we lost four nil and they absolutely destroyed us, and then you know like Hull battered us away and Forest at home and and some of these games where the theme is that when the game is going against us, so obviously Reading had a bit of an uplift there, obviously with the turn, with turn, change the game with the second goal, we never seem to find our feet again. We always crumble and concede two three goals instead they can't seem to manage the game um where they can sort of change it in the game to see it out like yeah. it's either pass it around the back four and make these passes or nothing and when teams start throwing bodies at you pressing with threes and fours um you've got to you've got to change you've got to change the game yeah, and we just haven't seen it all season christie where he just kicked it up to nowhere that's that's been a theme all season they've got to change something where you know, maybe Oberfemi comes wide and they start pumping it down the channel a lit for 10 minutes, like you said. We've gone 4-2 down now, right, 10 minutes. We're going to just play it down the channel to Oberfemi and or whoever's on the well, other side. And that's what they do on. from kickoffs. I've noticed, in the last few games. Sooner. Yeah. And maybe that, to be fair, and he's saying about not rectifying past issues, there's been a couple where we've conceded straight from kickoffs. Yep. I feel like, is this a way that he's trying to rectify that? Where, okay, straight away from kickoff, none of this passing around the back stuff. Play it up to the channel, up to Oberfemi. Maybe we win the ball, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll go for a throw in. And then we're set up. Then yep. we're in the setup that we need. So that seems to be something that he's brought in, I've noticed lately. So credit there. But yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, so there is like. To look out. Yeah, there is uh, a worrying trait for me that we seem to get these spells in games <laughs> where we can't we can't turn the tide um yeah so in certain like respect like man united if you watch the man united liverpool game last night where they the same obviously liverpool came up strong and man united just have no one on the pitch no formation change nothing where they can stop it um so yeah that, that that's worrying for me you know just just change something 
I know we like the pass off on the back. That's great. And when it works, like it did for the first 60 minutes, it's, it's so, unbelievable to watch. To be fair, it did change the formation. Yeah, and I think that was wrong. Yeah, but like, you know, it is wrong, but it's easy to say that afterwards. If if the criticism is he didn't, he's not changing enough, but then he's tried to do something there, then now he's got to learn from that because he doesn't really normally do that. So maybe he yeah, but... thought this would work. It didn't, but now he knows that. Yeah, I know, but to give away three goals, it's gone horrendously. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not making an excuse for not, him, but I'm just not, saying, like, he did try and try something different there. So, and that's where, yes, that's the, that's the, and this is the problem with it. When, when it got to four three, I fully expected them to score the fourth goal. I, I was convinced that they would get that. Four. It did come really late, but it was, it looked, I was more hope like, that they wouldn't. It did look like for the for like five minutes beforehand that we'd kind of calmed them down a bit, and we did start keeping the ball in the right places. Although. It seemed a bit of a reluctance to go to the corner, I'd noticed. Yeah. Grimes was trying. Grimes tried to push people there, and then he lost the ball, which perhaps isn't his fault because the others weren't really helping him get to the corner. The one time they did go in the corner, I think they gave the ball to Wolf in the corner, and it's like, would you, do you really pick Wolf to like try and yeah. stand on the ball in the corner? So they, they gave it away straight away. But then they were passing it around really well in that like 92nd minute and just keeping the ball in their half. And there was an opportunity to go for an attack. Um, also, we didn't squeeze in the fact that Cham had two chances and hit the bar. The keeper yeah, saved and, the ball onto the bar and post. That could have been... And the Oberfemi one as well, which literally was like a centimetre wide. Yeah, Oberfemi nearly got a fifth goal, centimetre wide. Wolf, uh, yes, yeah, so he was running through. He gets brought down like... I mean, it could have been a free kick to us, really, thinking about it, because they were all over him and he kept going. Um, but... And Cham comes in late to try and like add because he was like two guys on Wolf and Wolf was still managing to keep the ball somehow. Or it was a bit of pinball between the three players. And then a Cham comes in too heavy and gives the ball away. But like you don't need to. Like if they win the ball there, okay, they win the ball there rather than give him a free free kick to pump it down. Yeah, because that's ultimately where their goal came from, not that direct one. I think it went out well, to the left then, and over Femi yeah. gave another. Uh, free kick away because he ran back and tackled someone um, and that's where the goal came from then but like that was silly from in Cham you don't just don't give a foul away in it in in their half especially yeah. when you've got three minutes from the end of the game and you're winning like if they're going to win the ball there then they're going to win the ball there just get back set up and defend but this goes back to my my point about game management I think that's been an issue all season yeah I think just Trying to see games out, I know, I I know, like the football he plays is brilliant, but like he's so stubborn. Where sometimes you have got to just manage the game. You've got to play different within certain games, even just for ten minutes in a game, and yeah. it could be massive. I do have a bit of empathy though. Like, yeah, look, nine nine times out of ten, some, it doesn't happen. He does need to take some responsibility for it, but I think like it comes to the point where you've blown a three goal lead. I don't think you can just blame the manager there. Like the players need to do better on the pitch. You don't know why he set them up. Like he could, he might have been pulling his hair out. Like what are they not doing? Why why are they not doing what I've asked them to do? And it's, you know, but they, you know, in the situation when you're on the pitch and it starts going wrong, all of a sudden maybe you're not thinking straight. I think like the players, they should have done a bit better in those situations, especially up there at the other end. Like I said, going to the corner, these little things that. You can't blame the manager for that. Like they had some corners and stuff and free kicks in the corners. 
and they, they should have held the ball there for longer in the 92nd minute, for example. I'm not saying it's all, you know, you, you can't give any blame to Russell Martin, but I think the players needed to take some of it, definitely. There's um, there's loads there's there's loads of reasons for it. I yeah. we came up with a few. I think um I know I know you might disagree with me with that as well, but I don't think he made enough changes with the turnaround. Um, yeah, perhaps, yeah. I don't think he made well, enough changes with the turnaround. Make more. I said three in my selection. So well he hinted uh, he hinted well only one, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um No, it was Downs down, no, and... it was only Downs in for Fulton, that was it. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was it because we thought maybe Latabodia would come out for Manning. Yeah, Manning, I thought, would start. And I thought Pato would go down for and champ. Yeah, it was literally, he made one change. And I know it was still only a two day, like a two day gap, but this month is ridiculous. I think that was our fifth game in April already where he hasn't normally made that many changes. So I think come 65 minutes, when we've got to see a game out there, there were so many. There were so many tired players. So I said this to you on the day, and I've said it all season, and I, I don't think we're fit enough, and I still don't think we're fit enough. And I think I've seen it as a theme in a lot of games where 70 minutes plus, winning, losing, drawing, we fizzle out. Like our oh, yeah. passing yeah. football fizzles out. We yeah. don't keep the ball as well in that last 20 minutes. Yeah. And I think that all comes from tiredness. Like, for example, yeah. our game has developed under Russell Martin since Oberfemi's been in the team, when we haven't got the ball, he is like on people in a, like in a flash. He presses really well, and then he gets tired, which is fair, because you would. Um, but it's very noticeable then. When he's tired, you can see the rest of the team's quite tired, and that pressing goes. And again, I guess in this situation, it did allow Redden to come back in a bit. Um, so that tiredness thing, which does come from the lack of pre-season ultimately, it needs to be addressed this summer. Because I think yeah. to play this game plan that he wants to play, they have to do it for ninety minutes, and they can't. So there's a massive issue there, because but you can't yeah. just win. You can't go four goals up or three goals up at seventy minutes, and then you're so tired afterwards that the opposition has a chance of coming back. I know that doesn't yeah. happen every time, but the tiredness, no. you know, it is it is a big problem. I think like they were tired again. You said they were tired for the whole whole game against Barnsley, weren't they? They look quite yeah, tired. Yeah, they looked a bit tired. Yeah, but this but is what I mean. It happened against like... Derby. It happened against like just every game that I've watched. They have looked leggy in the last 20 minutes. In, yeah. And in hindsight, I know like obviously if they didn't come back and we won that game 4 1, then, you know, oh, they were, you know, they were brilliant and there wouldn't have been an issue. But you, you could just see that they were gone. And then we have a lot of 60 minute players in that squad. I, I just, you could see, you could see them blowing. But then, Again, like going back to, I think he made the wrong substitutions in terms of he should have brought Oberfemi off instead of Perot because he did the same substitution against Barnsley. He took Perot off and left Oberfemi on. I, yeah, think. I think, you know, he could have just done. So why didn't he done it the other, do it the other way? Because Oberfemi was gone. We needed an outlet. We needed an outball desperately. And Oberfemi got, I mean, was chasing and shadows. Pressing is like the big thing and he can't do that. Why can't he just chuck Carl Joseph on to. Go as the top man and just tell him to run yeah, out the people. Or even, you know, even but like you've got Perot. I noticed so much more in his game now. He's so because he's playing a bit deeper. He's so good at holding the ball up. A lot of the times he was just how many times in midfield did he draw fouls where he's yeah. like back to the defender and turning. He won so many fouls on Monday against Red in doing that. So for me, like you take Obafemi off, he was visibly like gone. He was, he was, yeah, he was finished. He, he, he was so tired. Was tired. In all fairness to him, like he does that. He does that every game. 
And obviously, like I said, that's the fifth game in April already. I would have put Perot up front as an outball to hold the ball up and draw some fouls and bring in like in Cham and whoever coming out coming through midfield. Yeah. So that that I think that was one of the reasons as well. Not obviously not the whole thing, but I think yeah, you got that one wrong. So I think it was just like it was just a number of things that all went wrong all at once, didn't they? Yeah. And like he brought on Ryan Manning, didn't he, for um and went to a back four. Joel Perot. I thought he'd maybe go where Wolf plays and push Wolf forward. Yeah. But he didn't. He obviously put him in the back four. Um, yeah, I don't really I think, understand that. I think Wolf was gone as well, 60 minutes. He looked right. Well, that's what I mean. So if you're going to push him forward and put Man in as a wing back, at least he's getting back. Yeah. And Wolf can, you know, I don't know. Yeah, for the, or maybe you bring Wolf off as well from Cham instead of a Patterson. But like that's what I mean. You you can't sub them all. So no, no, I know. It's, it's like uh, no, it's it's easy in hindsight, isn't it? But yeah, it's just like I said, there were so many things that went wrong. And also, um, we were saying about fitness in Cham. He was on the field for twenty minutes, and I saw him put his hands on his knees, blowing. Well, that's probably why he's not starting, isn't it? Well, that's that's ridiculous. Like, and it is ridiculous, but maybe that's why you like, oh, I can't actually start and charm instead of Paolo. So, but then, you've got to start, mate. but then he's the wrong player to come off the bench as well because for the third goal, he gets he doesn't follow his man back. He gets standing behind. I know, like the ball comes in and there's all the pinball, yeah. but he just doesn't track his man back, and the guy just ghosts around him. Yeah, it's um, all right when he's. I know you know how I feel about him. I still not. Yeah. His, but he, well, he should have scored as well, shouldn't he? He should have, he should have scored. So he scored a cracking goal against Barnsley. In all fairness, he's got that in the locker. But there's so many things that he does that annoys me, and you don't see that much magic that you know that often to outweigh um, that. Like the chances he had, I oh, fair enough. It looks great. He always does like a little step over, or he does like a little turn, and oh, it looks fabulous. But then you, you should have just got your shot away, really. You're given the chance oh. to get blocked at that, at that yeah. point. Like more, yeah. more opportunity for someone else to come in because you're, and again, you're yeah. slowing down. And he's the wrong player, like obviously in hindsight again, he's the wrong player to have on the pitch when it's 4-3 and they're chasing the goal. Yeah, perhaps it should have been Corey Smith that comes on. Yeah, but I think like more I, I think he brought him on. I think he brought him on a 4-1, didn't he? So I think he's probably thinking, you know, it's game over, throwing Cham forward, he might get another um, goal. 4-2 we brought in Cham on for Patterson. Hmm, and then I'm he scored like, two yeah. minutes later. Well, I might not have brought it. I might... Well, and then it was him that got him behind, yeah. And then they got him behind um, in Champ. Yeah, because so he didn't give a penalty away, didn't he? He went for like a little bit of a swipe and then like... Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I didn't didn't do anything. So he um, wasn't the right player. Yeah, that, that was an unlucky goal. We didn't really touch on it. It was an unlucky goal. But ultimately, they did have like three attempts at clearing the ball and no one made a proper contact with it. Yeah. So, But that happens, like, it does happen. But it's yeah. annoying that it happened when it happened because that was as soon as it was 4-3 it was game on um, oh yeah like I, I, said, I, I expected them to draw it started for me. the, pro- the um, worrying thing is though like we did have that little spell where it calmed down a little bit but if they had scored the fourth goal like with about 10 minutes to spare it would have backed them to win the game yeah and do you know what on sofa score you can see it on the momentum um, graph and you can see when they scored the in the 71st minute because that's when it was we Held on for 20 minutes without the fourth. Um, and they had a little bit of a go after they scored it. And then it calmed down. And then it was us a little bit. But it wasn't like us pushing. It was us maintaining. And you can see that on the momentum graph until the end where they score, basically, the last. This... They didn't have an opportunity for like 10 minutes before. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, but so like overall, so many things that went wrong. Um, but what I was trying to say is, you can't sort of isolate that sixty minutes and be like, oh, that's fantastic. We're going to take that. We're going to be like that next season. Well, I'm looking at that half hour and thinking, I've seen that a lot this season as well. So are we going to take that into next season yeah. as well? <laughs> um, he did acknowledge it though in his interview. To be oh fair. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's been speaking today, and he has acknowledged it. He said like. So moving on from the game now, really. But he said, like, you know, he loved what they did for the first 60 minutes, but um, it still highlights where they need to work on and where they need to... Oh, it shows we are still a work in progress, and that's why I don't get too overly emotional about results, um, is what he said. Which I think is fair, because that's what I said. I think, like, if you want a game this season, people are saying trust the process all the time. If you want a game this season that both highlights why you should trust it and why it's a process... <laughs> it's this game because you should trust it because when it works, that's when we scored the four goals and it was really good. And it's still a process because we're not quite there yet and that's why we balled it, yeah? So, <laughs> like you said, he, he wants until next season for us to judge him properly and we'll give him that, to be fair. We'll see what he does in the summer in terms of defensive recruitment because obviously that's probably somewhere he does need to work on, get some proper defence recruitment in. And then we'll see if that makes an impact. Because I think there needs to be one or two down in the back that need to sturdier up. And we can't keep relying yeah. on Kyle Norton either because he's only got a one-year extension. Yeah, definitely. So... I think. <clears throat> yeah, I think as well. Like what what he would, what he's acknowledged before as well is like our how steep our drop off is. Like because we've seen what happened in that game on Monday. We've seen like game by game. We haven't seen it in a game like that. That was crazy. But we've seen it game by game where. Yeah. One game we are worthy of winning four one, and we have, and then we have another game then where we've lost four nil, and it could have been more. So what was difficult this season is seeing that like such a drop off, like the like the dip between playing like prime Man City at sometimes, and then playing like a Sunday league team. Yeah, the game after or even within the game, like on Monday, that's something that just has to close that gap. Because like I said, even if even if they drop off a little bit in that game, they've got to find a way to manage out of that and get back to the way that they play. And that's yeah. probably the main thing he's got to do next season. Yeah, it's definitely stuff to work on. But I do yeah. think it is important to highlight like where how we have got better since he's come in because people were... Oh, yeah. This way. I think the best way to think about it, a month ago, a lot of people were very frustrated. Oh, you know, There was a lot of Russell Martin out. There was... <sighs> A lot of frustration. People were not happy. They were like, I can't deal with this much longer. And now the reason for us, people are frustrated this week is because we're probably out of the playoff race. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I so that just shows totally in the last month like how much things have changed. And I and I've said like he's done stuff wrong, but again, I've always got to say I'm not, like not not Russell Martin out at all. I think he's I think he's brilliant. I think yeah. Well I'm and we said about Getting better in the second half of the season before that international break, where it's very, very much like Potter's season, you yeah. know. I said and that look, it would be, and it is. I gotta be honest, though, right? I am a little bit gutted. I don't don't think we're worthy of the playoffs, but I think the championship season, I've said a lot of times, is so poor this season that if they could have like had some sort of consistency, I, we wouldn't have been far off. We, if we had got in there, we would have been the form team as well because we would have <laughs> had to be to get in there. Because like, like if we, if we had beat Barnsley and Red in now, we would be two points off the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy, and we'd have a game in hand as well off some of the teams. So, 
I mean, the minus two points, anything can happen. And all of a sudden, you're massively in the picture. But that's what I'm saying. Like, people are disappointed this week now after Reading because they're like, oh, well, that's our playoff hope's over. Well, a month ago, yeah. you were saying he's taking us to League One. Do you know what I mean? And it just shows yeah. all of a sudden a lot of things started going right. Maybe the card came out in the way that they won that. But when it works, yep. and say that, say the form we've had over the last couple of weeks is all season next year. And then one game a month is like the Reading game where we should have won it. Well, that is playoff form. Our form, oh, I yeah. looked at it earlier, yeah. is um, the best form from... So Sheffield United are in sixth place right now. So have a look. Oh, hang on. Forest in... Yeah, so Forest in fifth. So sixth down, we have the best form in the entire league other than Forest in fifth and above, basically. Although we've got better form than Luton, we're in the playoffs, and better form than Bournemouth, and better form than Fulham. So we're actually the third best form team right now um even with those two draws what's the what's the gap between us and the playoffs now then uh seven, so the now, seven points so sorry it would have been three points off the playoffs the Sheffield playing that last night i think actually today they played Bristol city after us they lost, they lost. um so we would have had another four points but i like i think the, the band the bandsley game i can accept because i don't think i don't three think we deserve to win yeah, I don't think we deserve to win the game against Barnes. Yeah, I accept, accepted that one, but obviously we threw the red. Yeah, away, I just so say that as like people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. We can win that, you know what I mean? Bottom of the league yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, but, but you take a I draw think, and yeah. you've just won the last three games and you have a draw at home. Like sometimes it's okay, fair enough. Like they done well. Ultimately, it's still six games without a loss. Um, and like I said, third best form team in the championship. So we know what the championship's like. You don't go and win every game you play. Um, I'm just saying, like, if this form for the last six is if that's a period you take going into next season and that's what we're like next season, it's a massively different year for us. Um, yeah. the picture's changed a lot in the last month. Well, you know, we weren't in the playoff picture at all, and at least we managed to get in to be in a conversation, you know, and that says a lot. And that's where is, uh... the comparisons Sorry, with Potter's season come in. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, 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 you're right. Because we like we literally had the same season where we had that like sort of good finish to the season and I think like we were still within with within a shout with like three games left for me but I think we needed to win them all and then yeah I think we lost the game and it was done then with like two games left so it is very yeah. very similar but I think I'm a little bit gutted because I would I just would have like I'd, I'd probably would have been nice to have that there enough. to play for it's just for it's nice to what yeah it is nice to have something to play for at the end of the season even if you don't think we're going to get there yeah. just to have something to compete for instead of dead rubbers but that Reading game, obviously, we shouldn't have thrown that away. We would have been five points behind with a game in hand. That yeah. would have just been a lovely end to the season. Well, you know, it's we're still, you know, it's certainly mathematically impossible. But like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. We're going to we're going to have a massive say on the promotion and um, playoff oh, yeah, race because we've got, we've got, we've got, got to play next. Yeah, we've got to play Middlesbrough, then Bournemouth, and then Forest, and then QPR. I think Coop, I think QPR probably played themselves out of it now, but. You say they're that, still but they're still four points ahead of us, so they're only they're only three points off. Yeah, so and we're gonna have a big massively save. bad run of form, like eight games where they didn't win a game. Yeah, so we're gonna have a big say on who is in the playoffs and maybe Bournemouth. I don't know. Yeah, but theoretically, if you took if you won against all of those teams that are ahead of us in that playoff fight, you could put yourself back in the picture. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, it's still not in your hands, but it's still possible. I don't think it's gonna happen. Don't get me wrong. And it's probably the best that it doesn't happen. Let's be honest. He probably does yeah. need another year to cement his style of play and 
progress the team and get the players in. Um, but it is good to see that we've managed to like since the Cardiff game where we were next to Cardiff in the league and it was kind of like a dead season, and it's still a dead season for them. Yeah, the ten points yeah. below us now, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden we were around, in that conversation. So I just think that highlights, as Russell Martin said, the progress that they have made. And if you wanted yeah. evidence to say the trust the process. That's the evidence to say trust the process. He highlighted Ben Cabango as well as a, as someone to look at to show yeah. the progress we've been made. And you know what? We criticised him earlier this season quite a bit about his ball-playing capabilities and all the rest of it. Yeah. And he did drop out of the team quite a few times. But I agree with him. He's I've seen him on the ball a few times recently and he looks a lot better. He's playing some good balls forward. Yeah, um, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, we were sort of stuck for ages in that like 15, 16th position. Really. And then no matter how many games we like won or, you know, we yeah. just couldn't seem to get out of that little pack. But now like we're kind of looking up and if we can finish top 10 or, you know, top 12, at least mid table, top, then... top half would be a good goal. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, West Brom just, tell you what, though, ahead of us. West Brom. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's mad. That's, but I tell you what, though, like, from Russell Martin, one of the Russell Martin interviews I saw, I think he was quite disappointed to, like, not close the gap on the playoffs. He was kind of like, you know. Yeah. He sort of touched on it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was sort of along the lines of, oh, you know, if we won the game, you know, we'd be looking, we'd be close to the playoffs. I think, like, that was probably what they were playing for. I think he knows they were capable of it. And it's frustrating yeah. that they've still got stuff that's not quite there. So I think, like, that's what it's the, re- the interview I was just reading out to you was saying, like, you know, yeah, of course I'm frustrated, but you've got to take the emotion out of it and look at where we're going, and that's what I'm happy with. Obviously, I'm frustrated at what we've missed out on. But then, and again, if you go back to the start of the season, that first eight games, that was essentially his pre-season, where we didn't win a game or whatever it was, or one win. If he had a pre-season, then maybe pick up a couple more points in that period, which we probably would have, because there was a couple of home draws where we weren't quite effective going forward and you know what I mean it was it was and a, and a few and a few more pens that were stonewallers yeah yeah all of a sudden like that few points that we might have gained were there or thereabouts so if you take that is first eight games as his pre-season minus everyone in the league's first eight games I wonder where we will be yeah so yeah I'm I'm quite confident going into next season that we're gonna be competitive for the playoffs I think a big call. Actually, let me just put a disclaimer out there and say yeah. I'm going to re reevaluate what I've just said after I've seen the transfers. I was just going to say transfer window pending. And on that note, the last thing I want to end on, two things actually. I'm not going to spend much on the first first one. I just wanted to touch on and congratulate Mac Rhymes on 200 appearances for the club against Barnsley. We're not going to talk about the Barnsley game because there's not really anything to say. But um, the one good thing is that Swan's current captain got 200 appearances, so um, very good achievement for him. Yeah, been great for the club as well. No fairness, yeah, and obviously his new contract. Hopefully, we won't hear this summer about him leaving. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be others that are talked about, and that's what I was going to say. So, Russell Martin also said in his interview today, I don't know if you've seen it, it's not what you're going to want to hear. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, god. Um, we kind of talked about it last week but this is, and I think I said this to you that it's inevitable that we kind of need to sell people, but he said you know, 
we probably will have to sell one or two players every year to keep the club progressing, essentially. Um, is what he's saying, like in, t- in terms of being able to strengthen the squad, get some players in, the ones that are doing well have to go to fund that. Yeah, I see it. I but that's that's fine. That that is fine. I, you know, we've we've talked about Brentford who had to sell their best striker every year, um, but they managed it well and they brought in players that fit the system and they didn't really miss a beat then. Um, so they just obviously they continued the way they went through. What I've seen from us in the past three or four transfer windows is that we sell for the sake of it and bring in a lot less quality. Yeah. So, so I do, yeah, so I think I agree with you. So I agree with what he's saying. It probably is correct that that is the situation that we're in. But as a club, you need to manage that a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. If, you, if, you, if you're saying, okay, Downs Perot, we have to sell them to fund our transfer window this season. Who are your targets? How are you replacing them? Get that on the table. And obviously, what do you value these two players at? And go and get that money for them. Yeah, but also you don't you, you don't need. sell them unless you have things in place to replace them. Yeah. Because I've seen it before where we've sold players and then we go and try and get someone, it doesn't work out, and then we have a desperation sign in to come in then instead. Yeah, so you say to the you say to the club, like this transfer only goes through if we agree this transfer or or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, and like while we're on it, Perot is gone, isn't he? Let's just right, he's gone. There's no way. I just if you if you think like Burnley are coming down and who else coming down? Watford and probably Norwich. I if one of the if one of those teams don't pick him up, then I can see like a I don't think Brighton he'll go to a championship up. club if he leaves. I can I see like a Brighton up. picking him up or something, or a I don't know, I could see a team like that taking him or Leicester has been talked about. I could see that happening. I mean mid to top half team like Wolves. Wolves are a good shot. Yeah. Leicester, Everton, even perhaps like a team like that. West Ham. Yeah. That sort of level. Could see it happening. Brighton, also, yeah, we've also got to be very careful about. Uh, uh, I'm just, I know like Burnley don't play that type of football, but, you know, it seems like Burnley coming down without a manager. No, they are, they apparently, Chris Wilder is heavily favourite for that. God, Middlesbrough. We'll be gutted with that though, because he's come in there and done well. But yeah, yeah that's, but but that's lucky that with the style of football that is. That's the style of football that is. But I, I don't think Norwich are going to sack Dean Smith. I think they'll stick with him for the championship season. Well, I think they made like that, that decision already, haven't they? Oh, I know. But Norwich would have been one if they if they came down without a manager. I think Russell Martin would be gone there. Yeah, when he already well. was linked to that job before. Yeah, because he's, he's played there as well, didn't he? He's played there. So I think if they came down without a manager and this the footballer we've been playing, I think he'd been gone. And that's the yeah. sort of we're in that kind of we're on a bit of a tightrope where it could Maybe go brilliant. Maybe we'll get lucky or, this year because of our finishing position. Though. We do need to get a bit of luck. Like I said, like Burnley coming down without a manager is better than Norwich coming down without a manager because if you have that we'll bit, of, bit of bad luck, then oh, yeah. Because they did it last time with Potter, didn't they? So they'd be like, oh, same thing. We'll carry it on. <laughs> yeah, you think it's all fine lines, and I think the Brighton chairman came to watch us against Man City, didn't he? I think he came to look at players, I think. And then he watched us play against Man City in that cup game where we cut them apart in the first half. And he was like, oh my God, like we need this manager. Yeah. 
Well, he's still there, so you can't be that bitter about it. Yeah, he's all right now, so. Yeah. Um, anything else for you then before we end this one? No, not really. Just uh, try enjoyed our away day. Next away day. Probably won't be till next year, then. Yeah, probably next but season. season starts early next season. It's July, isn't it? Yeah. Because of the World That'd Cup. Be good. Yeah, I mean, we only miss a month for the World Cup. Anyway, I thought we wouldn't have any Christmas football, but it starts back up on the 10th of December. We won't have any players at the World Cup, or we'll have, like, maybe we'll have some, actually. We'll see. Yeah, Perot will be banging them in for Holland. Well, only if he gets the prime move. You're not going to call him up from from the championship, are they? Yeah, true. The Welsh players, though, isn't it? maybe we'll have to see. Well, yeah. Cabango and Cabango. Yeah, it used to be more, but it's not, is it? It's not anymore. We've lost them all now. Oh, I wonder, though, like, you got the likes of Ollie Cooper coming back next year. I wonder if he can add anything. That's true, yeah. Oh, we've, I keep forgetting about how many players we've got out on loan as well. That are going Garrick's to come back. done well. Garrick. But you got, like, Brandon Cooper to come back. Cullen. I think, did Whitaker score two on Saturday? I think, the other day, didn't he? Yeah. He I can't two, see he? him. I don't think Russell Mann likes him, does he? Yeah, but if Perot goes, we probably stay with Obafemi up front. Yeah, and, uh... you need the. It works though because of you need someone as a deep striker, like out of the box striker. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Perot is like, it's like it would be the perfect role for like Michu, and he's he's doing it. Any like I know people keep saying the comparisons, but like that is where Michu was the best. Yeah, and having someone like Obafemi up front would have been so good for like Michu. Can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. He's director of football somewhere now. I wonder maybe one day if uh, he can come over. return. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a nice one then. Anyway, on that note, if you enjoyed what we're talking about, um, don't forget to click that subscribe button. It helps us really grow as a channel. Hit the like button as well because that lets more people see what we're doing and uh, hopefully continue our growth that way by uh, getting more eyeballs or views on our podcast. And of course, with whatever we spoke about today let us know what you think in the comments below give us your thoughts do you think what we're saying is correct do you agree with us or have you got other ideas or you know are we just completely wrong just tell us below in the comments um we do try to reply to them all i've got some to reply to from last week i'll get on that soon um but yeah we do read them all really appreciate it and on that note have a good week we shall catch you next time see you soon sports social podcast network the match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.